0: Hey, so what's going on, y'all? Before we kick it off, definitely wanted to uh, take the opportunity to shout out a couple of companies, partners that I am working with. First up, Northeaster Game Calls. All right, I tell you guys every week, check out Mark over there, um, especially on Instagram, to get a really good look at the custom game calls that he is creating. Dude has a regular nine to five gig and they heads home, you know, in the evening and, and just, you know, gets into the basement and starts putting in work. You know what I'm saying? Creates these beautiful works of art that I like to call, um, but totally functional. You know what I'm saying? With the the rut beginning to kick off here in New York, I'm really looking forward to using um, the Nor'easter game called Grunt Tube that I have. Um, I will more than likely be linking up with Mark via a video chat and uh, just make sure that I'm using it properly. Make sure I'm making the correct uh, sounds out of it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not trying to scare the bucks. I'm trying to get them in close. Feel me? Um, so uh, check out Nori's Game Calls at their website, www.nor-eastergamecalls.com. Or like I said, check them out on Instagram so you can really get a, a look, really get a feel for the type of calls that Mark is putting out. Next up, the Onyx Hunt app. The number one GPS hunting app. It is that for a reason. Onyx has really been instrumental um, in, in all my scouting, even still going on now, um, especially with the, the land that I'm hunting, the public land that I'm hunting out here in New York. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's it's just a huge, huge asset. Um, I mean, you could go from e-scouting from the comfort of your own home on your laptop Save the information, save all the pins that you've dropped, then head out into the woods and on your Apple or your Android device, pull up that same information you just finished saving on your computer at home. You know what I'm saying? And and actually confirming with boots on the ground stuff you thought you may have seen at home. All right. Um it's been instrumental with me um not being so so comfortable in the woods in terms of You know, getting in and getting out in the middle of the night, you know, in pitch black uh, darkness, you know what I'm saying, Um, with the tracking feature. So, you know, you get to, if anything, like uh, what I would do is during the day when I'm scouting, literally track myself and create an entrance and an exit exit strategy in the woods. And then in the middle of the night, it's not so bad. I'm able to follow the quote unquote breadcrumbs, if you will and get to my tree and then at the end of the night get back to my car safely no issues no problems so check them out at uh, www.onexmaps.com or just download it on your android device i believe that's a google play store or um what do you call it the app store on your apple device i don't know about y'all but i'm having a really good season um I know I haven't killed anything yet. Um, and if you get hooked on social media um and you see everyone else's successes and stuff like that, it might bring you down. Um, I'm not gonna front. Like uh what do you call it? I look I'll look at some of these bucks or those that people are putting down and I'm wondering like uh why why am I not doing that? You know what I'm saying? But I highly recommend that if you are a new bow hunter, that you don't gauge your success by by other people's successes. Um, me personally, um, you know, really thinking back, comparing my season last year to my current season now. And I have grown leaps and, and bounds. I mean, I'm learning a lot, y'all. I'm not even going to front um last year when it came to scouting i scouted like maybe once maybe twice and i was hunting a six acre piece of property so i I scouted like once or twice put up trail cameras and never really made it up back to that property where i put the trail cameras instead i was lucky enough to have a buddy who lives on the property who would every week or every two weeks pull the the memory cards for me and email me Uh, You know, pictures of the does that that were were on there. And um, and then I hunted that property all of two days last season. Um, The third day that I actually got to hunt, I um, basically linked up with a buddy from work who who has a a lease, a 500 acre lease with uh, about 20 other guys and he let me, you know, sit in a stand, sit in a block, box blind for the day. You know, in the morning, I sat in the stand, and in the afternoon, I sat in a box blind, um, and uh, and that was it. That was my entire deer hunting season last year. Um, this year, I got the opportunity to, uh, one, take part in my uh, the spring turkey season here in New York, where I scouted like one or two days there, right? Uh, that property and then actually hunted and was successful in killing a turkey then immediately after the turkey season was over i actually was out scouting maybe four or five days in total no trail cameras no nothing just all look just looking all for sign you know what I'm saying which primarily was uh deer beds and um and deer tracks um no scrapes or rubs too early too early for that um, at least from what I saw, and that's what I I assume. And then already this season, I've been hunting. I've hunted a total of four days. Two of those days have been have been the the spots, the basically the land that I that I scouted. The other two days, I got the opportunity. I was blessed with the opportunity to do some work with with um, some folks from the Archery Trade Association, and I went down to Virginia and I hunted two days down in Virginia. And um, I'm not going to lie, the second day, my second day out, uh, I came real close to killing a deer, really close. And it was the dopest feeling I ever had because it's to say I've learned a lot is an understatement because it seems like each day that I've been out in the woods, I've learned something new. And I'm talking about from day one um, of scouting. Uh, doing some e-scouting at home Really learning to understand uh, Topographical maps um, Understanding how to use um, You know Technology like the Onex Hunt app uh, Online and on my phone And utilizing that to the best of my ability um, And then From there Hitting the ground Looking for sign Looking for sign with my mentor Anthony um, Getting out there Him like you know falling back even when he's with me and letting me see this stuff for myself understand the tracks for myself looking for food uh looking for acorns and things like that and then um being given the opportunity to just head out there and scout on my own you know what i'm saying and then to actually be out there um and just uh what do you call it doing it is is a huge blessing and i believe a success um then each day i've actually gotten the opportunity to sit out there and hunt again if it's not learning about the wildlife in the area like um i i've made a joke about it but like uh, it it was cool i I saw a woodpecker for the first time (laughs) you know what i'm saying understanding how the how the the woods wake up every morning the the woods come alive all the animals and stuff like that um to to understanding playing the wind to to Literally creating an ed- entrance and an exit strategy on public land based off of, you know, how the wind is blowing that morning, you know what I'm saying? How the wind is blowing that night, so I'm not busting deer, bumping deer on my way out, you know what I'm saying? And then to heading to another state to hunt and learning about, um, you know, the deer there and and literally and focusing on... Um, you know, playing the wind when I'm getting to the spot that I'm trying to get to to hunt. Um, it's all been dope. So my takeaway here and that I offer to you guys, especially if you're new to bow hunting, do not gauge your success off of the success of other people, especially on social media, because a lot of times you may see um, you may see somebody take a deer down whether it was a week ago today tomorrow whatever it is but you don't necessarily know what work they put in in order to get that deal Welcome to episode 46 of When the Hunt Calls. I'm Cliff Cadet, your host, all right? I am excited to have um, just like last week to have another New Yorker um, on as a guest. Um, he was a guest of mine back when, like last year when I was doing interviews on uh, Instagram live. Um, and I want I've been meaning to bring him back on as a guest uh, in now. You know this current format of when the hunt calls um and i'm even more honored to have him on to share with you guys his story of um his success uh his recent success um and throughout this interview you know he and i are going to talk about everything that led up to to his his uh, most recent success so without further ado guys um please sit down relax and enjoy my conversation with um Brandon Ramos. Okay, and here we go, ladies and gentlemen. On the line with me is none other than fellow New Yorker Brandon Ramos. What's going on, brother?
1: Hey, what's going on, bro? Nice to see you. Nice, nice to talk with you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> save here, save here. Uh, so it's been a minute since I mean, we you and I have been chatting back and forth um over the last year, you know, via Instagram and whatnot, but we got the opportunity to meet last year um uh, when we uh linked up at um Floyd Bennett Field and mm-hmm. uh for for my listeners who don't know Floyd Bennett Field um is a uh has is a basically use is a decommissioned airfield it it's home to um a marine corps reserve unit but also an outdoor archery range um and it's free it's open to the public and whatnot and uh Brandon and I got the opportunity to meet live and uh, you know what I'm saying in person out there and um I Got the opportunity to interview Brandon on Instagram Live last year, but I wanted to give you guys, my listeners, the opportunity to meet another New Yorker who is uh, who's been bitten by the bug by the whitetail deer hunting bug. You (laughs) say, and he's been he's been in it uh, uh, not a little bit, but a lot longer than I have. So, um, Brandon, let's jump right into this, man. Because from what I understand, from from what I remember, you originally started. you know, shooting archery. So how, how'd you get into
1: that? Okay. So, uh, just a, a quick, like, I guess, catch up on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Please. So, so I basically walked into an archery range by accident. Um, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> so I, my, I was getting married that year. Uh, and my friends wanted to throw me a bachelor party and I was like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm personally, I'm just not into strip clubs and stuff like that. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yo, how do, why don't we like try and do something? And so I was like, I remember seeing uh, interview on on um, New York One, just to, like Take It Back, and,
2: and yeah. I was like,
1: oh, that looks like it's cool, but I didn't think it was anywhere near me, like archery, because the only mm-hmm. other place I knew of was in Queens, and for me, that's like a two and a half hour ride. Yeah. So so I was like, you know, oh, there's an archery place not that far in my old neighborhood. I used to live in that neighborhood, so I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, like let's go and check it out. Walked in, um. And just, it's kind of one of those films where you walk in and you're just like, oh, I think I'm supposed to be here. You mm. know, like, like, I just felt immediately at home. And I shot, like, I actually won their, their game that they had that day. Uh-huh. And after that, it was kind of like, I just, I, there, as, a, as somebody who's been in martial arts their entire life, there was something about the art form of it mm. that really appealed to me. And I had had to stop at the time doing martial arts because of head injuries. Mm. So, I was kind of craving another art, and so I didn't get into it with any other like idea other than I'm going to go and learn how to shoot a bow because that looks cool as hell. Nice. And, yeah, and that was that was like the start of everything for me because that that led to a changing career for a little while. And mm-hmm. That led to to opportunities. That led to me meeting people that I would have probably never have met or had a conversation with otherwise. All right.
0: You know, you kind of got me curious. So what do you mean by changing careers? So what were you doing before and then what did you kind of transfer into?
1: So I started off. So I worked in higher education my entire career. Mm -hmm. So I worked as um, I worked in financial aid and I worked in like what's called a a one stop services. So like we basically do a little bit of everything for students. Mm -hmm. College students. Yes, I'm sorry and i was re- and i was kind of in that point in my in my life where i was like you know i don't know if this is the side of the career that i want to stay on mm-hmm. and and while i was, this is all while i was shooting and the one of the owners of the range who knew i had some martial art experience and i had taught for a long time was like hey you ever would you be like curious about maybe teaching archery or something and I was like, I've only been shooting for a couple months. And he was like, yeah, but you shoot really good and you take orders really well. Like you take direction. Mm-hmm. He's like, so I think you, we can make you a really good instructor. And I was like, all right, let's, let's try it out. And I did it as a part time. And then the opportunity came where they allowed me to go full time and it gave me a changing career for a while. Nice. So that, allo- that allowed me to do something I never thought I would do, which was kind of make archery and becoming good at archery like my full time thing. So yeah, man, that was, that was, it was, it was a beautiful time.
0: That's what's up. Now, um, what did you originally start shooting? Were you like, were you, uh, like originally a recurve guy, a compound guy? Like, how did you start out?
1: So I I started off as a compound guy Mm -hmm. and because, you know, like, like anyone who gets involved with like (laughs) shooting a compound bow, you see all the cool things that they have. And you just start falling in love with like, oh, there's a different site for every day of the week. Like, this. <laughs> There's these wheelie things on, on the top and bottom. <laughs> like, like it's just, there were so many cool things that you're looking at mm-hmm. that you're just like, oh, wow, I got to start this. So I started with Compound. I shot Compound exclusively for a year. So shooting three times a week, usually two and a half to three hours a second. So, my wife was not happy about the money coming out of my pocket at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. of me being around.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I can totally relate.
1: Yeah, man. And then um, from there, uh, one day I was working late. I was doing a late shift. And one of the owners was like, hey, you ever shot a stick bow before? And he had a, he had a uh, bear Montana longbow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, you know, I, never, I don't think I've ever shot one of those before. I don't know how I feel about it. And I, and I was also kind of a a little opposed because I made the mistake of like going on to archery talk and listening to what people said about it. Mm, And like, you went went down
0: that, you went down that rabbit hole, huh? Oh man, that rabbit hole is deep.
1: It's so deep.
0: (laughs) All right. So, so that people were
1: saying what exactly? They were saying, like, you shouldn't hunt with a stick bow, that they're less lethal, that they always, like, people would find animals with, like, arrows buried in their, like, thigh or something like that. And I was like, but but I would see people shooting at the range with stick bows, and they were extremely accurate. Mm -hmm. They just weren't shooting the distances. But, you know, I had fallen into it because I was a new archer, and I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't actually picked one up. But then the first time that I shot one, you know... That was a, it was a completely different feeling. Like like compound is a connection to but stick bow is so primal and it, it, it feels like it's just in your DNA to do. No, nah, it, it is.
0: I, 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 I totally agree with uh, with that statement. Uh, our ancestors, you know what I'm saying? They all mm-hmm. they all hunted. So I could only imagine I've yet to pick up a stick bow. So I've yet to to feel what you're talking about, but I can only imagine.
1: Oh man, it is it is one of those experiences, and, it, and again, it, it comes down to competency. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't, I will never condemn any hunter or archer for whatever tool they implement with. Mm-hmm. But you know, like for me, the the bow became a way of life, and and the pursuit of all different types of ways to use the bow became like kind of my new direction, and. It, it, they call it a struggle stick for a reason, man. You want to know how good. Oh, hold on. Is? They call
0: it a what? Say that again. A struggle stick. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you're you're using the words that are gonna uh, push me away from trying to uh, trying to stick bow.
1: It's it's more it's more so because of the amount of work. Uh-huh. Like it like you can get away with maybe three or four months of training with a compound. Mm. You might need more time than that with a stick bow because you have to. The muscles are different. There's no let off. So mm-hmm. not that they're different muscles, but they're just gonna be held under tension for longer. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's it, it's a build up, but it, I got addicted to it, man. Like and that's right around the time when people started exposing me to hunting. Where like I was mm-hmm. having conversations with hunters and they were talking about how the ethics of it and one in particular, one guy that they call him Stickbow Eddie. uh uh-huh. And and he kind of like was was the first hunting mentor i guess and then that followed by another gentleman um named alex who Mm -hmm. basically took me under his wing
0: got it nice and now share with us if you don't mind um how you prepared for because now you you fall in love with archery um hunting kind of you know piques your interest and you put you get in mind that you want to hunt um share with us what exactly you did to prepare you know uh i guess skill-wise for hunting
1: sure man um so the first thing the first thing that i realized was that so at that time i was not in very good shape and Mm -hmm. i had just come off of being basically a doctor told me i can't do martial arts anymore i was a year or two years out of training and pretty banged up so my body was kind of falling apart and this is funny lead up i watched a video on youtube of Mm -hmm. cameron haynes shooting his bow and just Mm -hmm. talking to the camera and i got so inspired by the way he spoke about archery and training for it and training for hunting that i was like wow i think i would like to do this i looked at my wife and i was like yo ben i think i want to hunt and she was like you should and i was like wait what (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was the last answer you expected
1: huh yeah she's like no like you know I'm, I'm tired of buying meat in the store that's like that doesn't look good like you should you should try and see if you can learn how to hunt and i was like okay and i think she just kind of was pushing me in that direction to get me active mm-hmm. and she knew that once i set my mind on doing something that like i'm gonna do everything i can to achieve it mm-hmm. but after talking with hunt like hunters and Everybody. The one thing I realized was like, one, you're not going to get good at this unless you're in the woods. Mm-hmm. Two, the only thing that I can control is my shot, mm-hmm. and so that became like kind of, if I can't control anything in the woods except for like where I place myself, mm-hmm. then I need to have 100% dependence on my shot. Got it. And, I, I and like so,
0: that. And so, I like. I like that. If if there's something like we can reinforce with my listeners, is the two things you have control over are where you put yourself in the woods and where you, where you put your arrow, basically, when you shoot yeah. it. I like that.
1: Yeah, man. And that, was, that became kind of my, my mantra, was like, you know, all I, all I can control is, is this act. And mm. so I need to become as proficient at doing this. Like, I may not get the opportunities, but it, I need to be able to take advantage when the opportunity comes. And mm. if I'm not shooting well, Like that's the one thing that I know that I could work on. So that led me down the next path, which was basically to doing competition because Mm -hmm. there was no, there was no way for me to simulate what people had told me about when they see a deer, like that buck fever, adrenaline Mm -hmm. rush feeling that you get. And Mm -hmm. the only way that I knew that I could probably simulate that feeling was through competition. Nice. So, and at that point I was straight stick bowing, sir. I was like, I'm going out there in the woods with a stick bow, longbow all the way, like wow, all right, compound. So I'm, I'm shooting like every day. Like I'm, I'm in probably in the best shooting form of my life. So I did, um, the state championships at, um, at pro line. Okay. And I came in second place in the barebow division with my, with my hunting longbow. So a 54 pound longbow. With heavy FOC arrows, and I came in second place at the States with it.
0: That's what's up. That's well,
1: congrats on that. On um, what year that, was that? Oh man, that's like maybe eight, maybe 17 or 18. Yeah, 17 or 18. Because right after that, I um, I injured my shoulder lifting, mm-hmm. and then I didn't get a chance to compete the next year after that. Ah, uh, damn. All and right. I haven't competed since because I've had like intermittent shoulder injuries since then. Wow. Yeah, so
0: I'm sorry to hear that
1: well just no, it's all so, good. just so my <laughs> listeners know
0: all right so um, if I didn't mention it before, you know Brandon is is from Brooklyn, New York and mm-hmm. the the range that he's talking about is proline archery um, uh, range that's not too far from me here in Queens nice little spot um mm-hmm. so just if anybody listening is from New York and and looking for a range to go to that is one of many um, that you can check out and it's a really nice spot. All right, so so now, all right, so fell in love with archery, got interested in hunting, trained to hunt by entering competitions, placed second in a state competition. Tell me about your first hunt.
1: Oh, so so it's funny how life takes you in some directions. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I didn't know really like I knew people who hunted but I I didn't know them as closely enough to be like, hey, take me hunting, you Mm -hmm. know? But I had a friend of mine who had seen the videos and and photos that I posted up on Instagram, and he's like, hey, if you're interested in hunting, you should reach out to my other friend, uh, Franco, who's, if you you follow him on Instagram, Franco Knives. Yeah. Great dude. And he was like, yo, he hunts. You should link up with him, and he's not that far from you. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't know. Okay. But, you know, I, I knew the dude and I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, let, let's set it up. So he gave me his phone number. We started talking. And he was, he was just amazing. And, and during this time, I'm also, I've been kind of on and off in talks with, um, with Alex or Zero Feet Per Second on Instagram, mm-hmm. who had been like, hey, let's get you in the woods. Like, you shoot better than most people I see. You have that down, but you need that time in the woods. Mm-hmm. And i was like all right you know and, but i also didn't know him real well yet either mm-hmm. So i was like oh, i don't know <laughs> i was kind of like just circling the fence and i think i was self-sabotaging a little bit mm-hmm. because there's the feeling of like actually getting out there and having to make good on your work For yeah. a lot of people that's anxiety driving so mm-hmm. long story short myself uh ralph and alex end up linking up on our first hunt me mm-hmm. like a crazy person I bring my stick bow out there with me and no backup compound or anything like that. I'm like, I'm Aww. still dedicated to this. Got it. We get out there and it was uh, three days of basically living in the woods, which was pretty cool because I'd never slept in a, in a tent before. Mm-hmm. And we got out there and at first, the first day didn't really see anything, but immediately the realization of like, I don't know if I'm necessarily physically prepared. Mm-hmm. because there was so much like up and down hills and although I had trained I trained for more explosive type of things mm-hmm. but like having to walk distances and get into a position and then holding still and then listening and then not having anybody with you to really communicate with mm-hmm. I'd never been by, by, like, by myself completely like you live in New York man you got your cell phone you got a signal you yep. got people around you like there's no such thing as real silence mm-hmm. and you get in the woods man and you're like, oh, this is what quiet is like. Huh. <laughs> I got I to listen to myself yep. for the next eight hours. And that was, that was a big reality check. And also, like, when I finally saw something, we were walking down kind of like a little road and it was a ravine to the right hand side. And I just kind of crunched through leaves like a savage and look over to my side. And all I saw was like this bright white tail. <laughs> and, it just, and when I tell you man I didn't even get a chance to get my bow up to draw it back when this thing was 60 yards away yep All I Got heard was busted. <inspiring> <behaved> and gone <laughs> gone man and I just stood there holding my bow and I was like oh it's like that okay <laughs> <inaudible> <laughs> and for the rest of the trip did not see a thing but that kind of that set a bug mm. that was like i the adrenaline that kicked in when i first saw it like oh wow like animals are big
0: (laughs) yep 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 so did you get to did you get to hunt a lot like did you get out a lot during your first year was it just that weekend like how did that work out for you
1: so my first year uh was we went on maybe four five hunts Mm -hmm. the first one the first one was the longest one the three-day trip Okay. Then, then we took some smaller, like me and Ralph, and Ralph took some some trips in between, which mm-hmm. were kind of like, you know, morning trip kind of things, not full day sits, because it's hard, man, if you don't have the time to do it, or if you have obligations, like I, mm-hmm. I, I get it, man. Like, it is, it's hard to be like, I'm going to do this, and do this consistently. Mm-hmm. Or, and not, like, especially if you have, like, a lot of obligations, that like, you can't just set away. Yeah. Every weekend, like that's hard, man.
0: Yeah, especially like so, you were talking about, you were out in the woods for three days, like all mm-hmm. you know, twenty-four hours and whatnot. So I can only imagine what it would be like for, because I know uh, Ralph has, he's married with kids as well. So I know he can't yeah. always get away, and I, I believe his line of work is demanding as well. So I, I get yes. it. I totally get it.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, again, it becomes one of those things where it's like, the, the more you go out there, the more comfort you build. This yeah is, you got to treat it with a marathon mentality and not a race mentality agreed agreed so every time that you get out there you're learning like mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not trying to learn about what it is that you're looking at or what it is that's going on around you then then you've wasted the trip regardless if you killed something or not
0: yeah I, so, I totally agree because this particular season for me has been so great it's it's been such a learning experience compared to last year um like i I've spent uh let's put it this way, I've scouted more days than I did last year, and I've already hunted more days than I did last year, and though I haven't killed anything yet, each day I've been out, whether it's scouting or actually hunting, I learn something new, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, not a, it's not a waste, So and that's a, that's a dope takeaway too, is like, if you're gonna be out there, like, make it a point to learn something new, see something new, so mm-hmm. that, that's pretty cool.
1: Yo, man, I didn't know anything about tracks, like... Mm. <laughs> Like, hey, I, I'm still I learning. Nothing. Yep, I, I, and comparable to anybody who's been out there considerable time. Like I do, I still know nothing, but mm. I know more now than I knew when I started. Like now, I can like if I see a hoof track, I'm like, okay, I may not be able to tell you exactly what it was that I'm looking at, but mm. I can tell you, I can tell the difference between a deer. I've seen bear tracks now. I've seen coyote tracks. I've seen bear scat. Like so, like those little and those little tiny things. Are great when you have somebody who can teach it to you as well. Like, mm-hmm. And that's one thing that Alex and Ralph were phenomenal about is that if we were out in the trail somewhere, we were heading into our spots, just to stop us and be like, hey, take a look at this. Like this is this is doe. This is Buck. Or sometimes you come across this giant Bigfoot track looking mess of stuff, and you're like, oh, that's that's bear scat. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're like, oh, wow. okay. You know what? I don't know anything about this place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Understood. I totally understand. So, what did your second season look like? Because if I'm correct, if I'm following the time, your second season was last season, uh, or season one, season prior. To so, okay.
1: last so season was my third. This was going into my fourth season.
0: Okay. So, so what were what were your second and third seasons like?
1: Second and third seasons, I got. I was able to get out more. Frequently, so the second season was I got one hunt in upstate, and then the rest of my hunts were kind of smaller hunts that we did like in 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 more local areas like Westchester and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we saw a lot of animals, but the distance was different. Like the distance was maybe forty five yards, but high up, so there's no shot because it was silhouetted, mm-hmm. or a hundred yards away. Uh, like two does but you know way out of my what i consider my effective range got it got and it. so and at that point i was kind of transitioning back into compound because i was falling back in love with the competitive style of it and mm-hmm. also just because i realized i need to be a better hunter in order to get close enough to use a stick bow because i'm mm-hmm. not i don't do good in trees i have fear of heights that, oh, that's pretty bad okay. so for me i'm like i need to be on the ground which means that i gotta i have to shoot like i have to shoot well So Mm -hmm. I don't have the element of surprise. So I have to be really, really quiet, really, really still and wait for my opportunity. So, you know, I I would see things that were further off and I was like, you know, 40 yards is definitely doable. with My compound, like I, I have Mm -hmm. full confidence out to like 50 plus yards that my arrows, I'll put three arrows in a ping pong ball. But, you know, it was just the reality checks of like, okay, you know what? The distances are different. How I'm moving is different you know, what I can effectively get away with. So I went back to compound and just kind of decided, you know what, if I'm going to hunt, let's, let's stick with the tool that I can most rely on and I can always carry my, my recurve or my stick bows as, a, um, as backup bows. Mm-hmm. So, so second season, saw a lot more animals, started getting the hang of where they were going to come from, like mm-hmm. sitting there and, and kind of seeing how when the light would hit things, where the shadows were. And again, this may not be a science at all, just it I was able to kind of predict, you know what? I think something would come from this area. And then when I would see something come from that area, I'd be like, hey, you know, there's a win. You know, I I, I just got a little small victory. I didn't take anything home with me, but I was able to predict a couple spots and, and I would put myself close enough, but not close enough. You know?
2: Yeah, I hear so you.
1: So, so that was my second season. Third season we went up to Afton New to York, where? which is like Afton. All right. Which is like two hours away from Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was D- cold. that far? Yeah. And that was cold, and that was, that was another great hunting environment, and you know a lot, of, a lot of learning happened because now I'm in an area that was completely alien to me that I hadn't really scouted. I had a friend of mine who, had, who owned the property. Mm-hmm. And so I, I saw a few deer, but had my first major like. Dilemma occur because as I was lowering my bow from this tree platform that he mm-hmm. had built, the rope caught on something, snapped, and my bow fell 20 feet. Oh, dude. Yeah. And I smashed up my uh, Hoyt RX1. So, wow. Uh, the rest, where the arrow goes, was bent all the way to the grip of the bow. So, it bent all the way down. The upper limb had fractured, and my sight housing was knocked out of alignment. So basically, rendered the bow useless. So that's that was at the end of last season, Mm -hmm. and so that's my third season. End of my third season, and I'm just crushed. Right, my my brand new bow just got mauled, and (laughs) so I'm like, okay, what 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 I want to do now because. You know, I, I still want to be out there. But I picked up the stick bow, but I didn't have I didn't have the same confidence mm-hmm. going into it because I hadn't trained with it as frequently. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that I was going to go out there more with the intent of just watching again than like trying to actively hunt something. Mm-hmm. So the season ends I waited a while to request new parts for the bow. Mm-hmm. And then this bleeds into the into our current situation and how, how all of this came together, man. Because wow. My bow was decimated, so we had to order new parts. Uh-huh. We put in the order two weeks before the pandemic.
0: Oh, and those parts <laughs> so, were, were those parts coming from overseas?
1: No, um, they were, I, I know we put them in the order for with Hoyt. So okay. I don't know how, I don't know where the Hoyt facility was or how they even do it. Mm-hmm. But since my bow was an older one, I knew it was going to take a little bit of extra time to come. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic struck. So, six months indoors no parts come from my (laughs) bow
0: that sucks
1: so I wasn't going to hunt this season okay like I was like I'm gonna buy my tags as like my contribution to conservation Mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna let it rock I have Uh, a conversation with mm -hmm. that's that's
0: really no no I don't mean to cut you off but that is dope Mm -hmm. the fact that you were still willing to purchase your tag just to be able to contribute to to conservation that's pretty cool
1: uh, thank you man you know I, and again i owe i owe all, almost all of this to just having some phenomenal people around and you know and your podcast and like so many other people who are contributing to the sport and contributing to the art and the lifestyle you know you get you still can get your fix mm-hmm. so I was like, you know what i'm still going to contribute like i still want to be a part of it it's still something that i want to do it's still something i want to be active in but mm-hmm. i was i was like Shot man. Like I didn't I did not feel confident at all. And then I had a conversation with Ralph and he gave me some tough love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's like, yo, just get it done. Like if you want this, get it done. I hit the range, Gotham Archery in Brooklyn. Phenomenal mm. staff there, phenomenal people. They were like, Look, we got you. We know that you need to that you want to hunt. Um, and we know that you got caught up in the pandemic stuff. We we placed the order for you, your limbs are coming in. So this is like oh two weeks before. Hunting season. So parts come in, get them installed. Wednesday, I'm shooting Thursday and Friday and Sunday. Thursday and Friday were horrible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I couldn't hit the target if I tripped and fell into it. (laughs) Like just the worst shooting display I've ever had. And for someone who has competed and is is a perfectionist like me, that was the worst feeling, my like, heart-wrenching feeling, because I was like, I cannot do this if I, if I cannot control the one thing I can control. So, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go on, I'm going to give myself some rest. I'm going to go on, on Tuesday, I'm going to shoot. Because I'm supposed to hunt that weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I got to get this, this got to get honed in. Mm-hmm. I get in Wednesday, have a great shooting. I'm like, all right, let's go Thursday. Great shooting. I like I'm almost back on track. okay, So I'm like, okay, this that was basically leading right up until I left, and then, you know, the rest is just it's just beautiful, man. like I had I had confidence in my shot, I knew what I was doing. I met up with with again zero feet per second, Alex and Ralph, and we headed out there and yeah man i'm just still like overwhelmed with but... <laughs> so,
0: so i like i could hear i could hear the the joy and i could hear you smiling you know over uh, through the <laughs> through the phone basically so i uh, so so what was it like all right so now we're we're you're you're out there in the woods it's this season the current season you're out there with Ra- ralph you're out there with alex um mm-hmm. so it was uh, again you were doing a weekend trip correct
1: Yes, yes. All so right. so it was four days we had pegged out.
0: Okay. So what, were, what was the first, first day like? Like, uh-oh. what did you guys do? Like, walk me through it.
1: All right. So, first day, Alex is shaking the tent flap at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, grabbed our gear, uh, picked Onyx up, turned Onyx on because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm scared of getting lost, man. I don't know where the hell I am. Like, uh-huh. Alex <laughs> <my laughs> has saved me more than once already. So I was like, okay, let's get this activated. <laughs> and, and and I am not sponsored, FYI. That's just that's just legit. Like, I won't go out into into the woods without that on. So I hear you. I hear you. So we we start going. He takes us through a swamp. Like, I again, I'm not used to kind of terrain like this. So I'm like slomping through swamp with uh with, with me, Alex, and Ralph in like a straight line. We finally get to where I'm supposed to be, and again, God works in mysterious ways, man. You know, Ralph hunts from a tree primarily; that's his thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but he didn't because of where we were at. He didn't feel the most comfortable setting up his rig in one of the trees. And Alex had a beautifully built blind that was basically built from the from like nature. Like he had, he took the trees that had fallen, and he built a, a beautiful like. A horseshoe kind of blind, mm-hmm. so there was enough room for both of us. And Ralph just was like, "Hey, you know what? I'll I'll go in here with you, and we'll just, you know, and then as light comes on, if I can scout out and take off, like I'll take off then and mm-hmm. find a tree that I feel good with." And I was like, "All right, perfect." So we're sitting down, and just to so your listeners, man, I want to say if you're on the fence about doing hunting, or if you like just kind of getting your feet wet with the ideas of it, take the time to enjoy the moments like every moment because i looked up with the sky man and saw stars that i've never seen before Mm. Like i looked up and saw the moon between like this ring of trees something like out of a movie and i would have never ever seen what i saw had i not been hunting like i would have had no reason to be in the woods at four o'clock in the morning man but i watched the moon move across the sky and i watched like darkness start to turn into light, and I, and if there's nothing in this world that's more beautiful, and like makes your heart filled, and to see the way that nature really is, and to see that you know, it does not need you, <laughs>
0: dude, that's 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 a real like gully type of sentence right there because um, it's the truth. It don't nature does mm-hmm. not need us at all. No. And I'm glad to to hear someone else. Well, I not you're not the only person I've heard it from, but I love when I hear from hunters how they enjoy watching the woods, how, the woods wake up. You're saying mm-hmm. when, they, when they when if nothing else, you know you're sitting there in silence and you you're watching the sun come up. You all of a sudden hear movement, you know of, mm-hmm. of the birds and squirrels and chipmunks and whatnot. So that's really cool to to hear how you know you take all that in.
1: Oh, thank you, man. And and dude, it, it took the first couple of trips. You know, you're, you're dealing with. I'm. I'm gonna lie, man. I was dealing with fear. Mm. I I don't know the woods. I don't know that environment. But I've been you doing you know it a few times.
0: You know what? Not to cut you off. How do you feel about walking out in the under the cover of darkness like that? In that that pitch black.
1: Oh man, I, dude, I get all kinds of butterflies and nervousness. Like I get. I'm better at it now. Mm-hmm. But. But I would, I would be straight lying to you and all your listeners, man, if I was like, oh, I go out there and I feel 100% comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, for me, as somebody who's trained in, in other things, like mm-hmm. they say, like, when, you, when you 100% think that you're okay is usually when you're in the worst position ever. Mm-hmm. Like you, ha- you should have some kind of healthy respect and fear. Mm-hmm. Dude, my, my second season with Ralph, I watched the tree collapse in front of me. Really, like while while we were walking out, uh-huh. like the reality was like, "Yo, nature doesn't send eviction notices. Like nature just <laughs> does things." Yeah, like, that's
0: it. <laughs> yo, I I'm not gonna lie. Like my first um first time in the woods by myself, and uh, w- I was walking out by myself because I headed in and I had company, but I mm-hmm. packed out by myself. Uh, like packed my gear up on the pitch black. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a headlamp and everything. But it was about like a mile, maybe uh, just almost a mile back from my uh, from where I was at in the tree to my car. Man, mm-hmm. when I told you I became a legitimate speed walker hiking through those <laughs> woods, dude, like if I if I could have ran, I would have ran. But I literally just like, I, yo, my my heart, like my my Apple Watch, like notified <laughs> me, like, are you starting a workout? like one of those you don't you know how the the you know the the new tech watch is like even if you haven't started a workout on your watch it senses the elevated heart rate and then will ask you yeah. oh are, are we working out now okay start you know what I'm saying? that's literally how it went like i'm hiking my ass through the woods and my my watch vibrates and i'm just like what i look at it and it was like is this an indoor or outdoor walk you know what i'm saying because my heart rate was up there so, like, yeah. yeah. So, and it, and it's not so much. It's funny because I've talked about it with other hunters. It's it's especially when you're fairly new to this. It's not about being scared of the dark. It's the fear of the unknown. Cause yeah, what once I got to the parking lot, I met another hunter who uh, who was like, yeah, we were all talking about it. Um, you know, a couple of guys saw the bobcats. I was like, bobcats? You mean I was just walking <laughs> through the woods with two bobcats? They're like, yeah, but they're more. You always hear, yeah, they're more afraid of you than you are of them. Oh no, brother! I don't know about that. But yeah, all man, right, they so. say the thing about
1: bears too. They're like, oh, oh. Man, black bears are more scared of you than them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you know what? I'm not 300 plus pounds with steak knives on my hands. My like, facts. You know, like I look, man. I'm pretty confident in a one-on-one against a human. Mm-hmm. But if you ever try to pick your cat, if I got cats. You ever try to pick a cat up and make it and put it somewhere where it doesn't want to be? You mm-hmm. can't control that little animal. Imagine exactly. a three hundred pound version of that. That's like, yo, man, we ain't doing this today. Mm-hmm. You're looking like a snack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, but um, all right.
1: So you're out there in the woods. All right. Yeah. Um, so I'm out so... there. I'm in the blind. Mm-hmm. And you know, so all right. So this is this is cool. So so Ralph stays with me. And again, thank he's that is my that is my ride or die hunting buddy, man. Like. He was right there, right next to me. Mm -hmm. And the sun is coming up like in back of the swamp. So the whole place is filling up with light. But it was like a hazy mist in the air. Mm -hmm. And dude, there were ghosts. Like, Mm -hmm. they... they, there, There was no sound. There was no sound of its approach. But I see one coming straight down. Like, right down the pipe at me. So... When, once we started getting light, I was able to range the trees around me, so I knew I had a twenty-yard perimeter around me, mm-hmm. and I was comfortable up to thirty because of because I shoot a seventy-four-pound bow. Damn, bro! And so, <laughs> and um, so I knew I knew that my my twenty-yard pin was good for twenty-five yards. Okay. So. So I was good. Like I knew a little bit of lift, I'd be fine. So I knew mm-hmm. I was perfect out to 30. And so I only ranged anything when it was up to 30. Yep. Where I felt like I was, I was in that perimeter. I was good, but I wanted it at 20. That was, that was best case scenario.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm the same. I'm the same way. Like my, my pin is set at 20, but I know where to position the, the dot on my site to get 25 and 30, 30 yards out of that 20 yard pin.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great to have <coughs> again, knowledge of working knowledge of your equipment. I mean, we talked about this when, when we did the, the journey to the hunt, like, you know, know your equipment, know yourself, know your capabilities. Yeah. And, and I, that I was comfortable with going in. Mm-hmm. And so now I see this deer and the strangest thing, dude, my heart didn't race. Like, I thought I would get like that. I would get that anxiety now, but mm-hmm. I didn't get it. So I'm watching, but my vision is still taking a little while to get in. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I'm I kind of like, I'm whispering at Ralph, I put my hand on his leg, and I'm like, yo, Ralph, he sees it, and I'm like, let me know, like, because I see it pretty clearly, but I want to make sure that I'm not, that adrenaline isn't clouding my vision or anything. And I was mm-hmm. like, you let me know if you see anything that, that doesn't look right on this. And he's like, he's like, he, he's like, yeah, I got you. Like, he just double-tapped me, and uh, I knew we were good. Mm-hmm. And so now it's coming in closer And then I see another deer to the right of it coming down as well, and Mm. they're both like pretty nice sized does. So I'm like, oh man, like (laughs) like it's gonna something's happening because I've been close, but I've never been within like this range. Mm -hmm. And so the deer's directly in front of me, twelve o'clock, right. It starts to go a little bit to my left, and then it kind of hooks around and it basically turns broadside, right. (laughs) At around 26 yards on the dot. Mm. So. It's walking. I'm, I have my eyes on it. I, and I'm like okay. It's going to catch movement. right? So my best opportunity to draw my bow. Is when it, it's head is behind the tree.
0: And mm-hmm. Rob will say
1: that. He, that was the moment. When the, when the head went behind the tree. He was like oh man. Because like, <laughs> when the head went behind the tree. I came up. Drew it back, went to full draw, and then brought the and brought my um, my release right up to the anchor point. Mm-hmm. And so I shoot a thumb release. Okay, so so I'm pulled back, my knuckles at the back of my jaw, and I had and the string is right on my nose. So I'm feeling like I'm in my position. Dude, mm-hmm. tell me why this deer decides out of all the times that he want to move fast, that he decides he needs to stroll. <laughs> so so I'm at full draw on this bad boy, and decides that he wants to stroll so i have shoulder injury man i can't hold full draw for like 20 seconds i can i can i can hold for a while but i can't hold that long i never tried Mm -hmm. i was at full draw for 15 seconds wow so so it finally pops out from behind the tree it takes a couple steps and you know i see i see no spots i see no antlers but I, me and, and Ralph were pretty were 100% sure that what I was taking a shot on was legal
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it was good and it was a good size and we weren't going to do anything that hurt anything and so I placed the pin down right around the um I'd say right on the lungs a little bit higher mm-hmm. than the heart and I just keep telling myself while I'm at full draw I'm like bubble pin peep like that's all I said to myself man while I full draw Bubble mm-hmm. pin peep. Bubble pin peep. And I turned my wrist, the bubble straightened out, the dot was on point. I wrapped my thumb on that trigger, pulled back with the elbow, and pop. Felt the bow go off, watched the arrow hit, and the white tail jumped in the air, hit the ground, and makes a hard like S turn. Oh, she ran but, off. So but dude, I'm still in my shot position but <laughs> 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 my, my arm never came down neither arm still holding in the same position and Ralph will tell you he heard me just kind of go <sighs> wow and let this breath out right and I remember that feeling because it still wasn't a feeling of like of, of victory uh-huh. it, was, it was more like I just I know I took a right shot but I can't account for anything that went wrong and I've never done this before so Ralph, Ralph gives me a hug, puts his hand on my shoulder, and he's like, we don't celebrate yet. We don't celebrate till we recover. And I was like, all right. So I put my bow down. And, dude, another giant doe comes out. Wow. Now, this is, again, dude, I'm getting chills talking about this because this, deer, this doe comes out from another side, hooks around, stops. Almost exactly where I shot mine at. Mm -hmm. And goes (laughs) and hits the ground with its hooves and runs the other way. And now while it's running, it just keeps huffing. (laughs) Basically like alerting everything in the woods like probably something died.
0: And maybe I'm reading too
1: into it. Maybe like that's just me like, you know, adding a human trait to to an animal, but The feeling I had inside of me, I had chills all over my body, man. It was Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow. Like, it's notifying everything. Like, yo, something... I don't know what killed it because I don't think they can conceptualize what happens. There's no something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, like something died. That's so cool. Minutes later... I saw everything in the woods, bro. Minutes later, a coyote comes out from my right-hand side. Really? Ralph spots it because he's directly to my left. So he looks over my shoulder. So I lean all the way back and I grab his rangefinder and I come up. <laughs> so now I'm just like spotter and sniper. So I'm like, 36 mm. yards. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's at full draw waiting for it to get a little closer. It, must, it, it knew something wasn't right, but it, I think it was tracking the blood that we had just spilled. And the wolf, the, the coyote turns around and bolts, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Another deer's come out. Another deer with fawns comes out. And we're just like, yo, everything in the woods is coming out now. Like, what the hell's happening? Mm hmm. Alec, we we had got a message out to Alex, so he gets in. We come out from the blind and we kind of make a skirmish line because now we're gonna go and try and find blood. Mm-hmm. And you know, my, and all the hunter safeties—they always say when you're bow hunting, the real hunt starts after you take the shot. Yep. Like, then no joke, no joke at all. This is that's real talk. So, we start walking out, dude. We start hearing crunching. Things falling. A friggin' bear is 30 yards in front of us really just crunching through things so we all drop down alex who has some some steel in his pants (laughs) grabs his bow and starts like strafing the line watching it and so we're like what (laughs) like i'm like i'm losing my mind because now like the feeling of like what's happened the the weight of it is on me Mm-hmm. And all I could think of this whole time Is like I know I took a good shot I know I took the best shot I could take But what if I missed mm-hmm. Like what if, it, what if I missed So now we get to where the point of impact was I was shooting Just to give your, your people some, some insights um, I was shooting FMJs With a uh, rage Tripan on the okay. tail, uh, Which is a big Cutting diameter uh, Mechanical Mm-hmm. With with bright green uh fletching mm-hmm. and you know, and white wraps on it. Just to give you like a, a better idea as to what it looked like. Got it. Arrow can't find can't find the arrow at point of impact, right? The blood started maybe like six feet to the right. Okay. And it was like someone just dropped a pool, like drop, opened a, a puddle or something like that. Like it was just just all over the place. And then it disappears. So we're like, but the blood was bright red. So we're like, okay, this looks this looks promising because it's bright red. So right now, like, Alex is like lead tracker right now. Mm-hmm. He's like, guys, right, so, so we, we met with a skirmish line. Um, Alex's girlfriend was there too, who's like freaking goddess of the hunt because that girl's vision was unmatched. hmm we saw, now we see another, another trail, like drops of blood on a leaf, a big spill, drops of blood here, and it's taking us kind of like on a weird S.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: More blood, nothing, 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 and all of a sudden, dude, like puddle. Puddle. Wow. And then I hear Ralph, no, Ralph, I'm sorry, I hear Alex from my far right, maybe like maybe 30 feet from where I was standing, and he's like, we got her, we got her. And
2: nice
1: so i run over and i turn and she is laying there in like kind of a in in my vision and in my memory it looks very different than the photos mm-hmm. and like in my memory it almost looked like it was sitting like in the only clearing right before it goes in the swamp like this little like horseshoe of like of like padded down grass mm-hmm. and when i saw it. I got, dude. I was so overwhelmed, and, and like with emotion, and I just dropped down to one knee, and I, I didn't even have my bow. I handed my bow to someone else, and I just dropped down, and I just started crying, man. And it, mm. it, it was this feeling of there was so much that went into this, and and this is what I say to you, man, because I, I was and and still feel myself in the same position that you were in, mm-hmm. that. There's an investment. There's an investment of time. There's an investment of money. Mm-hmm. There's an investment of mental energy. Like obsessing over, am I in, am I doing this right? Am I going to be in the right place? There's there's so much that goes into this. And when I saw that deer laying in front of me, dude, and and then knowing this pain inside of me, knowing that you know I, I just took a life. Like I just I killed something. Mm-hmm. So that I was watching, and this is the this is the trippy part. I was watching it do its normal thing mm-hmm. before I took its to life. so like that feeling of like yo i this needs to be honored appropriately. like this is not just something that was done, this was a life that was given and i and and I owe that life respect and so. Oh. Like I, I, I just I just started crying, man. And they handed my bow back. I put my bow real close to me, and I put my hands on the deer, and I just I said a prayer, thanking it. Um, then Alex came over. We said one together, and you know it was just it was such a it's it was such a powerful experience, man. And then there's this weird changeover that happened in my head, and I and I still don't know how to explain it mm-hmm. because it went from me feeling like I felt the sadness I felt the remorse I felt all these things and then all of a sudden I felt this feeling of it's meat now like now I gotta protect this meat like I, I can't we I gotta get this animal cleaned you know like
0: uh, you, you don't wanna lose you don't life. wanna yeah you don't wanna lose any of it
1: I don't wanna lose anything I wanna use everything that I can so we got to get this taken care of and so me and i was it, and ralph we brought this over and we you know started the process and he walked me through the entire process of of skinning and butchering the animal mm-hmm. and i still had a like these moments of like where my brain was like do you realize what you're doing you know like mm-hmm. but they were not the same feeling that i'd had it like earlier and like, now it was a feeling of oh wow like this is this is the proper way to do this there there is no other way mhm and, and and to honor the further the rest of the way uh, they gave me the we after we broke it down we had it in this pack that was the most awkward pack i've ever carried in my life i had to carry it back <laughs> out it was like a duffel bag dude it was just the worst thing ever and i had to carry that out about a mile uh huh and I've been lifting my whole life, dude. I've never felt the pains that I felt after that. But <laughs> through, <laughs> as, I, as I told Ralph as we were carrying it out, because he, they helped me along the way. because there's no way I was going to make it through that swamp by myself. Mm-hmm. But, but like, I, I did the, the brunt of it. And I, as I told him, I was like, you know, I, I gave this animal pain mm-hmm. to take it. Then the least I can do is suffer the pain to bring it out.
0: Got it. Understood understood all right dude i mean congrats brother like it it all came together for you there's just that that one faithful day
1: yeah man and i was you know we saw other deer, but at that point i felt like i didn't like there was there was another one that we could have taken a shot on or that i could have taken a shot on but i didn't feel like i there was something i needed to do like at that point i was i was very content with the one that i had Mm -hmm. and i had to feed my family Something that I that I harvested mm-hmm. was was maybe the greatest feeling I've ever experienced. My nephew Christian, whom I love, man, he, he's never he would have never ate deer otherwise. And I brought some to my sister's house and I cooked for them.
0: So and... so so tell me what was that like? Like I I know you like you you've already said the how the feeling of being able to bring meat home to your family, something that you harvested. You know, an animal you hunted, you killed with your bare hands, you butcher, you know what I'm saying? What, mm-hmm. was, your, what was your family's response to all this, coming home with this?
1: Oh, man. My, my wife, who I am so blessed, you know, she is so supportive. And when she found out that I had taken an animal, she lost her mind. Like, I got home. Really? I got home at like, it was, it was almost midnight when I got through the door. She was there waiting for me. Mm-hmm. And... Like, when I, when I told her the story and I cried again, like, dude, I cried a lot after this. i cried cried over anything, bro. It's so, and you know, we, we try so hard to be macho. Like we're New Yorkers, we're Brooklyn dude. I'm a Brooklyn dude. You know what I'm saying? Uh You know, like you you try to be hard, man, but there's, why should you hide the feelings you feel when you go, when you do something that's as life altering as this? Agreed. You know? So, so yeah, man, I, I got it out emotionally and then, you know, I was able to go and like, and, and butcher the rest of it at Ralph's house and shrink wrap everything. And, but when I, when I was opening the bag and like getting ready to cook, you know, it's true, man. Like you get this feeling of like, you understand what it went through to get what you have. Mm-hmm. And so you treasure it more. Like I could buy a round steak in the store, but I'm not gonna lie to you and be like, yo, I I honor it before I eat it. Like, no, I Yeah. <laughs> I throw it on I throw it on the pan, I cook, homie. But, <laughs> yeah. but this was not it, it wasn't that experience, man. It was like I opened the bag and like I just I took a moment to just be like, yo. Thank you. You know, like mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you, God, thank you, thank you to the animal, thank you to so whatever it is that you believe in, man, like, thank you because I had an opportunity to do this. And as I'm cooking it, like, it's just, everything was a bit more, like, there was a bit more love involved in everything I did. Mm-hmm. And when I, my wife was the first one to eat. We had, we had some of the backstrap. Mm-hmm. Dude, when she looked at me, when she took her first bite and her eyes were wide, like, this is amazing. I was like, this is it. This, is, this will be a component of my life for the rest of my life. And to watch my nephew who wouldn't have eaten deer, and he looked at me and he said, Uncle, is this the deer you hunted? And I was like, yeah, Christian. And he goes, this is really good. And he like, gave me this hug that like I can't even explain to you how, how overwhelming it was to, like, for someone to appreciate it to that degree that like, his mind appreciated it. hmm and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is it, man." And I still know. have some left. I saved. I saved the big steak for my mom's because she just came down to visit. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna make a nice size steak for her because she was on the fence about it too. So I gotta, I gotta put everybody on now. <laughs> That's like, what's man. Up. It was it was it was an amazing. It's an amazing experience. Um, I look forward to hearing. Your story, when it happens for you, and it will come together for you. Oh man. Uh, man, just, just
0: I appreciate that, man. That that means a lot because I I recently uh, just came from like a, a two day hunt in Virginia, and on the second day I was. It's one of those. It's it's I was so close to putting a doe down, and she just had no plans on coming anywhere near me. Like she had, no was, <laughs> she had no clue I was. She had no clue I was. She had no clue I was there, which was really cool. But mm-hmm. she just ended up like where she should have turned left to come in closer to get it within better range for me. She mm-hmm. chose to the dope chose to turn right and ended up just walking way out of range. You know what I'm saying? She never busted me or anything like that. But it was one of those it was the dopest feeling, man. Definitely the dopest feeling.
1: Right. Dude, what I tell you, man, like and what's great is that you're getting that experience like in season two basically. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's kind of the progression. Like from what I've heard from most bow hunters, they don't get their kill for the first. Like most don't get mm-hmm. their kills for like the first three seasons mm-hmm. because there's a there's a huge learning curve. Like we don't have the this, the range that a rifle is going to have. You know. Yep. So yep. So we have to be closer. Mm-hmm. So that that whole feeling of like having to be within that range and things having to go perfect—that it's a legit feeling, man, and it's yep. a legit thing. So, but when I tell you, dude. It's gonna come together for you, man. It's just about time out there and yep. maximizing the time that you have. Like, and, and that's what we talked about earlier. Like, if you're learning, mm-hmm. if you're always learning, then you're that much better for the next situation. Agreed. And, and when we used to teach martial arts, man, we used to say like, I can't prepare you for every situation, but the technique I give you allows that like, this one situation you got locked down. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what what it is when you're out there, man. Is that like, you don't have control over everything, but Now that you've learned, you know what one situation looks like. And so if you recognize it again, you can be in position to maximize it. So,
0: yeah, man. You know what? Those are, you know what, not for nothing. Those are the true words, more perfect words. I couldn't be more perfect to, to round this interview out on. Dude, I want to, I want to thank you, man, for, for taking the time out, you know, to sit and speak with me. Um, let me, let me ask like, to, or for you to tell, uh, my listeners, where can they find you on social media? Just so you can, you know, share in the, in the pictures of, you know, of, uh, your first harvest.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you so much, man. I'm, I'm on IG at B R A M O S underscore archery. So Bramos archery, Mm-hmm. um, that's my, that's my main spot where you can find me. I don't really kind of do much of the other social media venues. It's just too much to keep track of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hear you on that one.
1: All right, man, man. I just want to give a quick shout out to Franco.Knives, uh, Zero Feet Per Second, and, and um, Aiden Outdoors to you because you, dude, are are you've created a, a very different platform for people to come on, and especially those of us who are very new to it. And, and just kind of looking for information, looking to feel like we're part of something. Like I appreciate you, man, and what you're doing. So, no, no doubt. We got no that shout too, bro.
0: So let me let me uh, just for my listeners again. The the three people that that uh, Brandon just shouted out. That's um, Alex, who goes by at zero feet per second on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Then Ralph um, is at Franco. Dot knives, um, also mm-hmm. on Instagram, and then. I guess Aiden. I don't know Aiden's first name, but I'm assuming it's Aiden. Mm-hmm. Um, he mm-hmm. is at Aiden Outdoors, so I'll post all of those along with your Instagram, so that way uh, it, it'll be in the show notes to give people, you know, the opportunity to go ahead and follow. Because I I see uh, Aiden, especially he just recently um, took a nice size buck, which is pretty dope. So you yeah. guys, yeah, can check yeah, that, that out in the show a notes. Killer. Yeah, that yeah, he's a, a he's a beast with it. Killer. Yeah. Yeah,
1: man. All right, but, man, dude, again, thank you so much, man. No, I'm thank go watch you, brother. My Jets lose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm about to watch my Giants hopefully win. I'm gonna say a prayer first and then and then uh watch the game. Yeah,
1: All man, right, your Giants got a better chance than these mm-hmm. Jets do against KC, but
0: uh, let's get it. I hear done. that, I hear that, no doubt. Yo, stay blessed, man
1: thank you man thank you so much and have a great one bro i look forward to hearing all of your exploits from here on out man no doubt and i look forward to hearing more about yours all right stay safe and thank you to all your listeners you guys are all amazing keep the community growing no doubt
0: all right folks i want to thank brandon again for taking the time out to sit with me uh, and speak and talk about his his particular journey um you know saying uh as As I mentioned earlier, sometimes we kind of get caught up in in watching people's successes and not really knowing um, the amount of work that went into, you know, a particular a particular harvest, whether it's deer, turkey or anything like that. And Brandon is a shining example of, um, you know, a dope work ethic, um, a great amount of patience, you know. Um, heading out there year after year and then and then all of it all the years of hard work all coming together in one particular instant and leading to the success of him him killing his first deer so congrats Brandon man Um, I can't think of anyone better to have achieved that particular goal man all right so folks I hope you enjoyed that conversation again with Brandon Ramos uh you could check out the show notes um and i will share with you guys his username on instagram and uh his buddies too um alex um you know at zero feet per second uh ralph who's who's at franco knives and aiden who goes by at aiden outside um so again if you enjoy this episode please Hook a brother up. Head over to the review section, the review section of whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, and uh, you know, hook me up with a five star rating. Um, if you're feeling truly generous, go ahead and hook me up with a dope review. And until next week, remember, y'all, stay blessed. We are all truly blessed. And remember to respect the journey, even when it's not your own.